I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. And this is How's It Hold Up? Hi, I'm Danica. And I'm Jan. And I'm Valerie. And today we watch We're Back, a dinosaur story. This is a 1993 movie by Amblimation and Steven Spielberg, one of the three movies that that company made before dying. Um, The other two are Fievel Goes West, only that one, and Balto, the first one. Some people might argue this is the lesser of those three movies. We're here to discuss. (laughs) Before we get to what we think... Who would like to do a spoiler-free plot synopsis? I'll go for it. I don't know. I'll, 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 yeah. I'll do it. Thank you. All right. um, a bird is getting bullied by his siblings, and so a T-Rex decides to tell him a story. This isn't relevant, but it is how the movie opens. So then the T-Rex's story is about how he lived during dinosaur times, and a guy with a spaceship came and fed him brain cereal that made him smart. And him... And three other dinosaurs who also got fed the brain food are then taken to 1990s New York City so that they can delight the children. They're not taken to exactly where that needs to happen. They're dropped into the river and then have to kind of find their way to where that's supposed to happen, which seems kind of inconsiderate of this man who just turned them, who just like gave them the brain stuff he's like here here have fun you're supposed to be smart anyways um (laughs) and they when they fall in the river they also fall on a little child who fortunately doesn't (laughs) die uh he's a street smart kid we never actually really find out what his deal is and why he's on the street but it's vaguely insinuated at the very very end of the movie but he's he's got the New York accent, and he's like, "Hey, you guys help me, I'll help you." And so he's <laughs> he's helping them. He's trying to help them get through New York City, and he's trying to go to a carnival because he's gonna go join the circus. And then he meet they meet a girl at one point, and she decides to go with them for some reason. Her parents are neglectful. This is the second movie in a row <laughs> that we watched that features New York City and a girl who is rich and has neglectful parents. Kind of weird. Anyways, <laughs> then shenanigans happen, and they end up in Central Park where the Dark Carnival is happening. Homestuck fans. Uh, and... Oh my gosh. <laughs> and... That's why you wanted to do this. (laughs) No, I literally just thought of that joke. Just in the middle of this. Uh, And then we meet the guy who was mentioned at the beginning of the movie by his brother about, oh, it's my evil brother, Screw Eyes. And then the rest of the movie is basically dealing with, like, his contracts and deals. And he wants to turn the, make the dinosaurs his star attraction. And, and there's also a clown. There's a lot going on in this movie. <laughs> um, that's the and that's the end of the, that's the movie. The, the end of the movie is entirely dealing with this carnival and and all that stuff. Um, will the kids and the dinosaurs be okay in this children's movie? I don't know. That's the movie. Go back to the beginning of the film to find out. That was out. an exhausting <laughs> recap. Yeah, and you do see there's an end cap where you see the bird from the beginning again for because. Everyone cared a lot about that part. Um, What did we think of this movie? (laughs) (laughs) So I remembered liking this film as a kid. 
It's and, got dinosaurs and it's colorful. And, and then I had seen it, I don't, I say recently, but probably 10 Like years. as an adult, probably? Yeah, within the last 10 years, but not within the last, you know, couple. But I, I was, I told, uh, told them that my nostalgia glasses are broken. Like, I know this isn't a great film. Uh, and I think I was a little delighted to, it at least looks good. Yes. It is a, a trip. Uh, stuff's going on. But the film looks pretty good. Better than I expected. So... Has some really good bops. Has some really good music. Uh, so, so yeah. I'm not fully sure, but it, it wasn't terrible. Yeah, I... Um, it... A lot going on. Um, but I didn't dislike it. I... Yeah, I'm... And had some really good bops and music and and it looked really good. So I'm just kind of I don't know, I guess I guess I'm just I'm I'm ready to discuss it and see ultimately if yeah, I yeah. would recommend it. So I, I guess I'm not ready to recommend it yet, but I'm not just out the gate saying, Oh no, don't watch it. Um I recommend it if you're one of those people who's like, Oh yeah, that movie and you wanna see it again, just like really watch what a a ride this thing is <laughs> um it's bad i enjoyed a lot of it and i didn't enjoy a lot of it also so i'm not exactly sure exactly where i'm gonna stand but i feel like it is a worse film than all dogs go to heaven like i think it's less competently made at, at on a, at least a story and character level than that film yeah i can like so i can't believe spielberg like <laughs> I mean, other than it looks good, I guess. In He's the producer. I, mean. I don't know exactly how much, like, yeah. I don't know how in the weeds he was with this, especially given Jurassic Park came out the same year and he was very much the director of that. So his priorities might have been elsewhere, but. It's like, this is the dinosaur. He year. was involved in some level on this. <laughs> um, yeah, I might recommend it vaguely. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get specific by which fun facts. Anyways, this <laughs> film is based on the 1987 Hudson Talbot children's book of the same name, which was mentioned in the opening credits that it was based on a book. Um, I don't know where else to put this, so I'm going to just throw it in right here. Uh, you know how a segment of this film is is a, a big parade? Yes. A balloon of Rex floated in the real-life 1993 Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade and deflated after coming into contact with a traffic light. <laughs> Whoa, okay. Which feels like an interesting metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> um, We're Back a Dinosaur Story was released during a surge of the dinosaur in pop culture known as the Dinosaur Renaissance. It was released the same year as another Spielberg dinosaur flick, Jurassic Park, and was marketed as the more family-friendly equivalent. The tagline and promotional materials was a dinosaur adventure for the whole family. Despite the dinosaur mania, it did not perform well at the box office. It received mixed reviews from critics. While its voice cast and animation were praised, most criticisms targeted the script, particularly its story, pacing, and lack of character development, which is very valid. Mm, yep. Yeah, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Um, yeah, let's get a little into the weeds and some production stuff, too, to give us some context. Universal bought the rights to the novel only months after its publication, and Amblimation began storyboarding the adaptation in 1990 during the production of An American Tale, Five Goes West. We're Back a Dinosaur Story was directed by Simon Wells, Phil Nebelink, and the brothers Ralph and Dick Zondag, 
All of these directors constantly went in and out of working on the film in order to work on a failed animated adaptation of Andrew Lloyd Webber's musical Cats, which started and stalled several times and ultimately was not made. The first screenplay draft was written by Flint, Dillon, Wells and was not well received by Spielberg. John Patrick Shanley, who had just won an Academy Award for his work on Moonstruck, yeah, Moonstruck from 1987, was hired by Spielberg to write another draft, which was done quickly and the one ultimately used. Shanley made the previous draft darker, which Spielberg liked but Nibelink disagreed with. The source material was only 20 pages and lacked any antagonist or sense of a plot, making it difficult to convert to a full-length feature. Book author Hudson Ta- uh, Talbot felt Shanley's script had none of the book's tongue-in-cheek uh, aspects. Uh, near the end of production... A hundred million worth of alter, a hundred million dollars worth of alterations were made following a poor test screening at Universal. Uh, uh, some of the alterations made included the addition of the Macy's Parade scene. That entire scene was added <laughs> after their an initial screening, which I think is interesting. Yeah, that's where the really good bop, the song is. <laughs> yes, that is where the song yeah. is. Uh, the one song the one song that exists and it's also just like a big scene that's like aren't dinosaurs really cool kids yeah yeah (laughs) um but it was a good pop it was a a pop i mean it's not a bad scene but it is interesting that it wasn't originally there um yeah let's let's start getting specific what you guys think about the the story and the characters um from from the top start of the film, why are we looking at birds? I imagine it's. I imagine that those the the beginning and end scene were added were one of the ones that was added with that hundred million. <laughs> I I agree. Uh, I, I it could be to alleviate the audience of like, oh no, did something bad happen? If you just remember, oh no, he's at the beginning of the film. Or to explain certain things. Also, potentially to make the opening of the movie less scary. Because Mm. after that part, it's literally just starts with a dinosaur chasing another dinosaur. And it's like scary times. That's Mm. very good. So if the movie started with that, I could see why they would want to dull that. Yeah. Like not start with a scene that's going to make kids all scared and make the parents be like, wait a minute. But I wasn't a fan of any of those birds. No. No, me neither. (laughs) The birds suck. Uh, I put don't wink at her. She's married about Rex winking at the mama bird. Not sure about that. Don't do that, Rex. Now, I know and don't fuss at me, okay? (laughs) Because I Getting ready to fuss at you. (laughs) Getting ready. I know. I don't know what age these kids are supposed to be. But I I really... It really bothers me to have this... This romance with little with young kids like oh this. God. It just bothers me. It just bothers me. I don't know. It was just... That I'm was not silly. fussing at you. I'm just voicing my own opinion over here. Well, You're free to have yours. I'm just saying. That was probably the least enjoyable thing. Because I agree it wasn't a good... It didn't add anything yeah, particularly because enjoyable. It, it didn't help me... It it made me like the little girl even less, and even him, or whatever, because I didn't know them. They, it was just forced. they barely know they each barely other. know each other, and it just it yeah. just didn't add anything good. I would rather them have spent the time me getting to know them, or them yeah. have little quirks or something. I don't know. I don't care about them being children in terms of how that affects the love the love story, yeah. but. 
I 100% agree that it adds, like, nothing to the movie. They could have just became friends, and that would have been fine. Like, I, I didn't... We didn't need it. It didn't enhance the story. Yeah, that was a good point about spending the time somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. Like, to make yeah. us get to know them or like them more and not this... Exactly. ...relying on, like, oh, boy and a girl, they'd like each other, right? Yeah, I mean, because I'm not against having young romances, but it was just unfounded from, the, you know, yeah. and, and, and then it's cliche. And that's what I'm saying is it's mm-hmm. kind of weird to me. It's kind of ucky. I don't know, as a parent, as a whatever, of it being, again, this just supposed just automatic attraction because they're a boy and a girl. Because that young, then what? Are you, well, Mom, if you just, really don't think it holds up. There's oh, a yes. section for that. <laughs> okay, thank you. All right, I will wait. If you want to I revisit wait. this yes. in more detail. Yeah. So, yeah, so that didn't help. And, sure. and again, and again, it took away from them spending any time developing those characters. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I did immediately love Elsa. She just has a, a fun vibe. Um, it was that the, ter- uh, the, the pterodactyl? pterodactyl. Yeah, yeah. Pterodactyl. She, she's just immediately like fun <laughs> and yeah. like yeah. weirdly ready to, to jump on Rex. <laughs> Um, want to delay those eggs <laughs> i i like the weird sort of more i don't like there's like a weird being a carnivore is a sin thing which yeah. is like it's just what animals do it's not a moral thing but okay yeah no honestly it is really interesting if you extrapolate on okay when they were primitive they oh were like animalistic yeah and, and, but now that they're smarter they feel sorry about eating there is a lot of weird vibes about this story <laughs> that's literally about a white dude uplifting some primitive life forms yeah yeah <laughs> yeah there is a lot of <clears throat> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> no uh, which again is maybe better for house to hold up but Good point. <laughs> yeah, but they do like sit down and reflect on it. I'm like, oh, they, I'm sorry that I like, oh I stepped you. on a do- on a, a little lizard or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, I feel like we could have just started with showing the dinosaurs in the past. Don't think we needed the bird set up like we said. Like, I, yeah. but I, I I think I understand why it was added in terms of softening that opening. Um. Do you remember when Louie said, uh, what about your parents? Did they beat you? Yeah. Yeah, remember when he said that to the girl? Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> what, the, what the hell, Louie? <laughs> yeah. I like that the little girl got a hat. That was set up in the bubble thing of her like wanting a, uh, wanting a hat. And then she gets a hat. And I'm like, good for her. Yeah, I think it was kind of... Uh, playing on the threads of granting wishes and, and maybe the thought of like as you grant wishes it like bubbles out and helps others I don't want to like get too deep into this now because I feel like we should talk about more of the movie how it is until we talk about how it could be but I feel like a movie could have been more interesting if it focused more on that idea exactly that's yeah. what I was gonna say is that it didn't it didn't do anything with it I think there were threads there that could have dominoed into something bigger and yeah. nicer but but it didn't end up going anywhere because yeah. the instance they're talking about is this girl that's the main one of the main protagonists i forgot what her name is cecilia cecilia is is a very wealthy girl and, and so she has this hat that she 
doesn't doesn't have any value really to her. It blows off her head, but then it goes down and ends up landing on the she, little girl. It blows off really her head, it. and then Louie catches it and gives it back, but then she actually throws it mm. after she's talking to mm. him. Yeah, and then it goes to this little girl who that was her wish. Yes. So that's that's what we're talking about. That So if they had developed more things like that. More, yeah, that could have been that really that cute. Been, yeah. And honestly, uh, it, it could have played well and made Professor Screw Eyes a bit better of like, if you make people afraid, they they lose out on that somehow. Like, yeah, yeah. Kind of the the balance between fear and, and wishing and, and being hopeful. That yeah. could have been interesting, but but it, yeah. it didn't end up anywhere. No. Mm-mm. The whole screw... Like, well, like, once the carnival and screw-wise enters, like, it's just... The movie kind of becomes an utter mess and not in a fun <laughs> way. Like, the emotions of the whole scene where they meet him and then they sign a contract and then the dinosaurs are like, no, you can't do this. And she's, like, crying and just, like, all of that. I'm just, like... I'm feeling nothing. It's really like rushed and not terribly well done. If I don't know, I again, we can talk a little more in detail later, but I just before they got to the to Central Park, I was enjoying the movie like a, a pretty good amount. Uh, I had forgotten the stupid bird thing and I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling this. I'm vibing with this. And then they got there and I and I just kind of stopped liking it for the most part. Um, It just doesn't, it feels like two halves of a movie instead of a cohesive whole. Cause it doesn't feel like stuff leads up to it, which yeah. would then make it work. <clears throat> it's weird. Well, and also, okay, just so many things didn't, didn't work. If, I mean, in the flow of things, one is uh, professor S- screw eyes is supposed to be this crazy, uh, insane. He went mean crazy thing. because he lost his eye. Because he lost his eye. <laughs> I mean, it's like okay. What a good okay. motivation. And then these kids assign a blood contract mm-hmm. with this crazy, Liter- creepy guy. Just to clarify, literally blood. He does poke the child's yeah. finger, and he doesn't blood. And then Cecilia pokes her own finger, and, it's and he's blood. even <laughs> shaken and doubtful. But it's like, why? Because your dream was. To join a circus, but you're gonna join this weird, creepy circus. That's not circus even his dream. His dream was to make a friend. Yeah. Oh, that is true. Yeah, yeah, that is true. He that talked about dream. wanting to go to the circus and, and join the with circus context. We can kind of assume that he is a kid running away to join the circus. But like, yeah, his dream. His dream was to have a friend. So like, and but yet, yeah, so he's still going against any of that, and then. And then signing the contract. And then the little girl, because she's what so in love and enamored with him, she she signs too. Yeah. So again, th- that was so forced and that was. was so and almost rushed. painful to watch and rushed that you're like, yeah. okay. And then it goes on from there. And so, yeah, that's, that's, it was so And like all of that stuff is like what the whole finale of the movie like hinges upon. And yet it's introduced really late into the movie and it just... The, the emotions aren't there for the audience. It doesn't do a good enough job of pulling us into where the characters are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, and none of that was in, and even to this, in one sense. Okay. So they, they keep this one lady that 
the museum where they're supposed to be, of, of the Museum of Natural History, she keeps missing them. Okay. She's chronically well, late and she basically can't see. She's got huge glasses and she just can't see well. But then the dinosaurs, this is my point, show up like right after the kids sign the blood contract. Right. So then they're too late. But they didn't, but the thing is, they didn't even set it up as much as they did with the lady that keeps missing him that we hardly ever see for the museum. Yeah, if there had been like so, a sense of like, just, like, like, oh, we need, like, we need to wait for them or whatever. But then it's like, oh, but Screw Eyes is walking away. I don't know if I'll ever get another chance. If there was some sense of that, of like, why are they not waiting for their friends, yeah. you know? But there's yeah. not. Yeah. Anything else with non-spoiler story and characters? Just, just random things. Uh, so in the beginning, we... Uh, Doctor, no, Mister Doctor New Eyes, Captain Captain New Eyes shows the dinosaurs his wish radio. Captains are good, professors are evil. <laughs> it does, uh, and, and and the dials are like present, middle future, yeah, present middle future and like far future, yeah. But so he goes to the middle future, which seems to be the 1990s, right? And I guess the present of the radio is the dinosaur era. I guess, like that's just confusing, like weird to have. When they go to the middle future, does it the dial then switch back to present? Exactly. It, like, is it context sensitive? I don't know. So that's weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. Confused. Lots of <laughs> yeah, questions. And then uh, Professor Screw Eyes also has a radio. Oh, it's called a fright radio. <laughs> and his dials are uh, nervous, paranoid, and screaming Mimi. Yeah. I don't know what that is. There's pr- presumably a joke or something there. Yeah, it used know. to be. I don't remember if it was when I was young or whatever. They'd be like, you know, you're having the screaming Mimi's. And okay, that was so basically like a tantrum. You. Okay, so. Like a tantrum. Okay, okay. Uh, or, a, you know, of, you know, yeah. Thank you but, for that context. Yeah. So it was lost on us young people. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, screaming Mimi's. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. But again, I equate that more with a tantrum than a screaming and freaking out because of fright. Yeah, I don't Which know. Which is kind of weird. Um, the It's interesting that you talked about that they added the, the Macy's Day Parade. So they're going to hide. They're going to get these dinosaurs. I love how, sorry. They're going to get these dinosaurs through New York City by walking them through the Macy's Day Parade and acting like they're, you know, animatronics or whatever. But I love how no one catches them as they're hiding, like before that happens, in these alleys and stuff of New York City. And then... And then, too, you know, I love how they're walking through the, you know, pulling. Where where did they get the thing that they pulled? You know, where did they? You know, there's just some. Oh, the float. Yeah, the float. They had to have stolen it from someone. Valerie was like, they maybe they scared them off. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. They don't don't show. Yeah. Yeah, I I assume in the the original cut of the film, the, the stuff up to... The Macy's Day Parade stuff happened, and then they had some other, like, less uh, good for kids or some, I don't know, some other thing that then led to the part where the cops start chasing them. Well, yeah, sorry. And then the the silly thing, well, or the just not, not a cohesive story thing that I also found funny is 
them walking through, of course, no one is suspecting that they're real dinosaurs. Sure, animatronics. And then they break into this great song and dance. And again, sure, animatronics can do that, go into this dance and hip hop, you know, and ju- But also around. the dance. All the kids knew the dance. Too. Yes, it was, it was fully yes. choreographed scene. Which yes. is like if the whole movie had been a musical and we'd been seeing people break out into song and like dance choreography, then like that would be not a difficult transition to make. But this is the one and only musical number in the whole film so it feels kind of weird it was a flash mob see they were all in on it in advance <laughs> oh my God. i don't know kids. if the flash mob concept was much of a thing back then I know, but the kids all knew it they they were prepared for this flash mob oh how can new eyes brought the concept from the future oh there are so many flash mobs in the future because everybody's so smart and can learn lots of dances. I gotta talk more about Captain New Eyes later. And his, what is his whole? <laughs> what's his whole deal? Anyways, I know. Wait, what I was gonna say is sorry. Let me just get to my voice. So they do this this flash mob dance. Sorry, and this this elaborate dance. Still, no one is suspecting that they're real dinosaurs. But then he jumps on the float then, of Spider Man, no, dances oh, on his butt. Oh, he does do that. <laughs> he, does, he was a bit awkward looking when he first jumped on. I am going I'm not gonna lie. And then this is like barely too early. Early to have like a Sonic the Hedgehog float, like an, uh, another year or two, and they might have had a Sonic float. That's true. That so there's like true. what Snoopy and there's a couple of characters there. Okay, okay. So you're the, you're ruining my grand. I'm sorry. Anticlimactic. <laughs> I'm sorry. So go for no, it. no, no. But the big reveal, or the real, what gave them away is Rex grabs this dinosaur because he's so enamored i was so thrilled with this big um I, what do you call the what kind of dinosaur was that a, a diplodocus or whatever it's like an apatosaurus a patasaurus or, something, or like something and accidentally pops it and and it totally like deflates and covers everyone and then because they lift it up off of them then everyone all of a sudden is like they're alive they're real and screams this is what gave it away i wonder if i, I wonder if that's where the original thing starts. I wonder if they did something and oh. then ended up like, oh. then he ended up like, I wonder if they were like hiding and sneaking or something. And then he saw that dinosaur come and was like, oh, hey, friend. And then popped it. And then that led. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah, mm. possibly. Yeah. I don't know. But give it, but how it is in context, yes, that's a really weird thing that yeah. like flipped that switch. Yeah, I mean, singing and dancing didn't do it, you know, yeah. but but lifting up a a balloon over your head, whoa, gave them away. Yep, that's <laughs> so all it takes, like I guess, a, okay. for some reason. And the crowd turned immediately <laughs> and started freaking out. So yeah, very, very, very interesting. Let's talk some about voice acting. Director Phil Nibelink voiced the characters in animatics, which involved successful imitations of notable figures like Walter Cronkite and Julia Child. Spielberg, enjoying Nibelink's voicing, cast the people that were impersonated in the animatics. <laughs> so that's why Walter Cronkite and Julia Child are in this movie. <laughs> okay. Um, here's a fun fact about John Goodman. He started recording his uh, lines for this film shortly after having his wisdom teeth removed. Because hmm. he didn't, I don't know, it wasn't as strong of me noticing, like you had said that that's who it was, but it wasn't as distinct as usually a John Goodman voice is. Yeah, it's not one of his more, yeah, it's not one of his better voice acting roles because he's gone on to do a lot of them and does some great stuff, obviously. Um, Dweeb. 
Oh, but by the way, here's the dinosaurs that they are: Tyrannosaurus rex, Triceratops, Pterodactyl, and Parasaurolophus. 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 Yeah, that's what dweeb is. That's what dweeb is. Dweeb was originally intended to be an Apatosaurus, and they probably didn't do that because they were like, we already did one four-legged creature, and we just do not want to animate another one with that long, long neck and stuff. (laughs) So for whatever reason, they changed the kind of dinosaur he was going to be. He is voiced by Charles Fleischer, who is also known as the voice of Roger Rabbit from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Mm. He doesn't really get to show stuff off much because Dweeb is barely a character, but, you know. Professor Screwice was voiced by Kenneth Mars, who you might also know as the voice of King Triton in All mm. Little Mermaid Things. He's mm. he just he's like uh, Jonathan Freeman with Jafar. He's like always down to do that role again. He's in Kingdom Hearts. He's in like small little things that are Little Mermaid related from the 90s. He's always King Triton. And also Littlefoot's grandfather and the um, Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, and the and those films. Uh, I don't no, if, I don't remember if the grandfather's in the first one or not. I think he is. That's fake. I don't remember. Anyways, originally, John Malkovich recorded the voice of Screw Eyes, but Spielberg thought his performance was too frightening. Christopher Lloyd then recorded for the character, but Spielberg rejected that too. The producer went with Kenneth Mars for his pliability with voicing the character. I'm not entirely sure what that means, but, I mean, he did a fine job. No, I liked him. I think yeah. the new eyes and Screw Eyes did... Like, they were good. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Julia Child, not so much to me. What part was she? The little old lady who was blind. Oh, that we didn't hardly see. The lady that kept yeah. missing them. Yeah. So okay. most of her voice acting was at the end. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty meh. Yeah. So it was, it was just such a, yeah, small bit. I didn't even realize that was what she was playing. Because honestly, I just But didn't. I think one of the big ones for me is like her telling the dinosaurs what the plan is. Uh, and she makes like a, her character whispers something or like does a thing that's supposed to be, uh, you know, like, and we're not gonna whatever, but it was just delivered really directly. And it's like, there, there's, there's no, there's no difference. She's just saying these. Yeah. So she, she wasn't that great, but she wasn't in a lot of the movie. Cecilia, whose last name is Nuthatch, for some reason, um, is voiced by Yeardley Smith, who is best known as the voice of Lisa Simpson. And once I remembered that, it was impossible for me to not just hear her as Lisa all the time. (laughs) (laughs) So what part did Walter Cronkite play? Captain New Eyes. Yes. Ah, okay. And he he did a good job. Yeah. uh, No, I, I I liked him. He was very... Hopeful and commanding. Yeah. Um, Buster, who is the bird from the beginning and end of the movie. <laughs> oh, okay. His mother is voiced by Rhea Perlman, who you might know as Carla Tortelli from Cheers and also Danny DeVito's wife. Hmm. Okay. So neat for her, I guess. Yeah. Um, Stubbs is voiced by Martin Short. Um, who also oh the the clown Stubbs the clown oh okay is voiced by Martin Short oh wow who you might recall also voiced um the robot in Treasure Planet 
Okay. He was much ba- more bearable in this role. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he did a good job. Yeah. But the thing that just stuck with me the whole time, despite him doing a good job, is that this just feels like a Dom DeLuise character. Mm-hmm. It feels like Dom DeLuise should have been voicing this character the whole time. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird that he wasn't. But Martin Short did a great job. I'm not, not yeah. slamming Martin Short. It just felt like a character design and role that was like, that's a Dom DeLuise role there. Yeah, I know, but he had a whole monologue that was that was really good. No, yeah, Martin Short does a good job in this. I, I enjoyed his performance, definitely. Oh, how could I forget? You guys saw that Jay Leno's in the movie, right? Yeah! Yes. Who is he? It? Can I, you guess? Oh, gosh. Um, he's the little alien. <laughs> oh, oh my god. It's Jay Leno. Okay, oh, sure. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Let's talk about animation. The opening, the music on the opening credits is is fun, like good stuff. But the credits themselves were incredibly boring. Just literally white text on a black background. Feels like that could have had something. I don't know. (laughs) Pictures, colors, just... It was like a good like minute and a half to two minutes of like just music and white text on a black background. Draw a static background, make it look nice. Yeah, that's you need. Yeah. You just need a little something there, but whatever. Um, the wild version of Rex looks like the Land Before Time Sharp Tooth. Am I the only one who thought that? Mm, uh, probably not. Like color wise, his color is obviously different, but the basic like design of it is like Sharp Tooth. Like, 100%. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Here's something, sorry, in the design that cracks me up. Yeah. Okay, wild version of Rex. His head is big, so you can imagine, you you could picture, because, you know, the, the way it is, is, is big, so if, if he had a big brain, would make sense. But the smart version of Rex, it looks, it makes it look like he has a teeny head the way they do the top part. So, and then the rest of, like, his... Teeth and mouth, that's the big part. So it's like, okay, where did his really smart big brain go? I don't know. I just found that kind of ironic. Yeah, they changed the the physical characteristics of the dinosaurs when they're smart. Um, but yeah, like his eyes move from the side Smart of his head. is a relative term given that Dweeb is one of the characters, but. Yeah, his eyes are inside of his head, Rex's is, but then they move forward. Yeah, I don't so know. So he looks more friendly. Yeah, yeah pretty yeah. much. But he looks less smart, but more friendly. (laughs) Um, Why does Elsa have a tail? Did we did we think pterodactyls had those back then? Probably, maybe. Oh yeah, because I don't think that they do in Jurassic Park. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know why she had a tail. It was weird to me. Mm. Um, It's not something I remembered that she had, and then I was like, oh, there's there's her tail just going. Naughty Boy's Delight was on a sign in the background at one point. And I think that's a choice. Yeah. Oh, the, the whole carnival thing. Like, the, <laughs> the, the character design, some of the audience members. It's like, sure, I guess you can look like that. Yeah, there's yeah. some uh, choices being made. Yeah. the the uh, in, in spoilers, there's a a place that he names that's called Hell's a Poppin'. And it's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Um... The expressions are, are and the the shenanigans with the audience members too, like you know the hair sticking out, and then one woman like 
then her hair literally all rips off her head or, you know, blow, you know, explode. I don't know. For very a lot of choices. It's very yeah. dramatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I will say that the, uh, there, there is CG used in this film. They have lots of flying. And so you're flying through the buildings and they, they use CG to make those buildings. But it was actually really detailed compared to other things that we've seen. Compared to like rescuers down under. Remember when Orville, or not Orville, remember when he jumps off and they, and then they go to Sydney and it looks really bad. Yeah, no, those look bad. And they, didn't they have some in, well, no, the CG in Oliver and Company was the inside of a building, but regardless that the, uh. Which this is a couple years later and a couple years in CG time makes a difference, but I think uh, did, um. I want to say Once Upon a Forest came out this same year. And we thought that the CG in that looked quite good. Because it was the the flying machine. Mm. But I don't mm. remember outside. But, but... The, uh, the, the uh, like, cranes, the construction equipment. Yeah. That stuff looked good, too. But, yeah, these buildings looked good. Uh, and just generally, the film looked good. I was very surprised at that. No, it's it's pretty quality animation. There's definitely dips here and there in the yes. quality but like overall it's it's good quality sometimes uh cecilia to me looked i was i noticed her more whenever she looked weird and even at the end in spoilers louis character sometimes i'm like yeah you're trying to get me to feel a feeling here but <laughs> you look kind of off yeah definitely uh i don't know if this is how it hold up i was gonna say it earlier when uh when it was brought up but I could do without seeing uh, like dreamy eyes being made at other another character. She does it so much in this film, and it's unnecessary. This is like could, could pull back on that. I don't know what else to do with her, so I'm just gonna make her make eyes at somebody, and that's not interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, and even in the parade, she literally wraps herself up inside his coat. And just very, some very awkward and also just grown up, uh, uh, moves, you know, or, or like, uh, flirting that that's, I think what I had the biggest problem with is, is the level of flirting and the type of flirting would be something that would make more, much more sense with an older couple and, and the intensity and, and, and the extent to it. In things, yeah, I think the idea me. is that she's lonely, and that's part of why she's like this. But it doesn't feel like it works that well. Yeah, and this—they do all of this in in place of her having a character, essentially. Yeah, so it's just, yeah. yeah, yeah. More on subject with uh, animation, though, is that thinking about it, I think where this movie tends to do less good with the animation and, and drops the ball some is like. Uh, slow and like character drama scenes like the character emotion and stuff and where it tends to do really well is wacky cartoony hijinks Mm -hmm. like the animation's superb during the whole cop chase thing where they're just like they have off the wall like ridiculous things t-rex riding a truck as a skateboard yeah Yeah. on a bridge (laughs) yeah just a whole bunch of ridiculous wonderful things um and and Screwwise has some really good animation because he's kind of inherently flamboyant all the time uh even during some of this the smaller things which so that aids towards him 
doing it more, but with the, with the kids and sometimes with the dinosaurs with when they're trying to be emotional and stuff, it just it's not quite hitting. I don't know, like the the animation itself. Um, it's interesting. Yeah, but I I would kind of. I would compare this animation a little more to Don Bluth's work, I think, than Disney's in terms of kind of some of the inconsistency. It's not quite a Don Bluth thing in in that regard, which, again, is not a slam on Don Bluth. It's it's a plus and a minus. Um, It gives his films lots of character. And there's some of that here, but it feels overall a little more a little more cohesive, I guess, sometimes than Bluth films feel. But but. Yeah, I don't know. It's overall quite good, though. Like, overall, they, they do a good job with that. It's it's definitely one of the the things the film excels the most at. Yeah, and as we've pointed out before, what it where it lacks the most is fluency, coherency, a really good plot. And just one example of that, I was just thinking of this, some of the scenes that you were talking about at the circus, is Screw Eyes goes from... Okay, supposedly his motivation is he has this fear machine and he and he basically wants to feed on the fear of the audience and so forth. But then all of a sudden when he has when he has turned the dinosaurs into wild dinosaurs again and has them chained, then all of a sudden he controls Rex and unchains him to show everyone how powerful that he alone can control this. So now all it's of a sudden It's not an inconsistency, it's that they don't do as good a job explain like showing what his character's supposed to be as they could. But with the full context of the film, what his character is supposed to be is a character who is scared all the time and therefore tries to be the master of fear. Mm, okay, that's what his character is supposed to be. So that's why he does that. But I don't feel like that's communicated as well as it could. You see it in a lot of little things like after the, when the dinosaurs show up the, for the first time and he sees them for the first time, he like cowers behind the kids and he seems kind of scared at first until mm. they start talking. And, and obviously the end that's in spoilers and stuff like there's, there's stuff there, but it's not, it's not communicated as well as it could be. Okay, because really, what what I read that scene more at more as that look how great I am, seeking mm-hmm. adoration, seeking seeking that like I'm the most powerful person. Look at this, everyone. Sure. Um, and, and almost for the power, for the head trip of it, which you know, and I too, sorry, the the irony. If you say King Kong and some of these other of the movies, I love how they are going to have some huge creature and then take it, you know, out with very, very few change or very little between them and the audience or whatever else. And sure, this is going to go well. We know this is just going to go perfectly well. Oh, because... We never want it to go well, though. We always want to see the breakout. And don't take into account that, you know, something like flashing lights or whatever that's going to come to mess up this you know, thing, this mesmerization, you know, mesmerizing whatever you have with some, uh, the, so the sad. ravens or crows or whatever, they have it out for screw eyes. That's, yeah. that's what's going on there. Yeah, Cause the, one of them like goes into the area where the, the guy's controlling all the effects and stuff and like clicks a button that makes a flash effect. And that brings Rex out of it. And then screw eyes has lost control and he's scared again. Um, so all this said, focusing on the animation stuff in particular that we said, what would this movie be like if they tried to make it in live action? 
I mean, still a hot mess for sure. Maybe a, maybe yeah. an even more hot mess. I'm just trying to picture. I am just trying to picture the dinosaur dance number in the parade. If it was live, I mean, action. it's pretty much. They pretty <laughs> much have to do it CG, and yeah. if they do it in the '90s, it's gonna look like butt because it's not gonna like. The reason that Jurassic Parks generally holds up better is because of the way that they use it and the scenes they put it in. Mm-hmm. The night scenes, in particular, are what like don't are still hold up because the CG is partially obscured and some of the stuff in that movie that holds up a a little less is like the Brachiosaurus and the bright sun or whatever. Like it's, it's, it still looks fine enough, but like you can tell that there's some age CG there. If this movie (laughs) had 90s CG doing wacky zany things, like if it was the same exact script and they went with the same stuff, but in love action, it'd be a lot. Um, If they, changed it some to make it work better in live action i still don't i don't know how you do that are you gonna do you maybe de-emphasize their size and like have them be like puppets or people in suits i don't know i don't know i think it's gonna feel even more cheesy if you try to do that yeah i i I think the size thing is one uh big point of in animation the the size relative to everything is it can be squishy, mm-hmm. uh, but if you're dealing with something more physical, like and again grounded in the real world, that'll be very obvious and noticeable. And uh, yeah, that would make it tough. Yeah, this movie is just really fantastical and full of like whimsy and weirdness in, in a way that's gonna it's going to just be a wholly different thing if it was conceived from the get-go as live action. And I don't know why anyone would remake it because it is not worthy of that. (laughs) So I don't think I have a lot more to add to this question because it's just, this isn't the movie for it. It's not going to do, it's not going to do that. Let's talk some about sound design. Overall music. James Horner. He's a fantastic composer. We've talked about him in previous episodes. He does a great job. He really goes in particular the moment one of the moments that stood out the most for me for for his score was just the carnival show stuff. He was really going ham there. It was very good. <laughs> the actual musical number, pretty fun, like a fun song, uh, roll back the rock or whatever. Yeah. yeah, it's a fun song. The sound effects varied. I think I didn't really notice them too much for most of the film, but when I'm the main time I noticed them was the beginning yeah. with the bird scene. The sound effects were just a bit much there. But overall, I think they worked okay because they were pretty cartoony sound effects. And so for the cartoony stuff, they worked well. And I didn't really notice egregious sound effects even when it got like darker and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. The beginning part was too much. Yeah. Anything else with sound design for me too? Let's go on to the part that our podcast is named after. How's it hold up? Not like great. (laughs) (laughs) The beginning didn't start great of the, uh, the, all the kid birds fighting and then the mom hugs the smallest one the, and yeah. he's, and he was like, enjoyed the hug, but then the brothers were making fun of him. So then he pushed away and was said something like, mom, you're treating me like a chick. Uh, but I'm dumb. Yes. I'm like, oh. okay, that's dumb. Yeah, and also the boys were fighting and the dad's like, oh, they gotta do that to learn something. I don't know. 
bad parenting. Yeah. <laughs> like mom likes to say, bad parenting in the beginning of this yeah. movie. <laughs> yes. Also, I just don't care. This whole yeah. opening scene is just... Yeah, ugh. it's it's useless. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. I don't care. I was relieved also because I thought if I'm going to have to look at these characters, this whole movie, <laughs> no, fortunately, I'm definitely not going to enjoy this movie. No, no. Fortunately, they were barely in it. Cecilia is like almost a non-character. She has like a hook of like, I'm neglected by my parents, um, but she's less of a character than Jenny or Penny or whatever her name was in Oliver and Company, who wasn't a very well established character either. Um Cecilia really has nothing. She and doesn't. Her, I mean... It's not even like her birthday. It's Thanksgiving, so that it can be the Thanksgiving Day Parade. So you don't get any sense of her, of like what she would want for her birthday that gives her a characterization. And I don't know. I mean, no offense, Yardley, but I didn't really enjoy your performance of her either. It felt really inconsistent whether or not she had an accent. And I, I was just... I didn't enjoy her as a character. And she's like... One of the only girl characters. Elsa, I mean, all the dinosaurs kind of stop being characters after we get to the carnival is yeah, the problem. Rex is, yeah. the Rex is the only one who still has some character. And and I mean, part of that is the plot because they literally get like regressed or whatever. But even before and after that, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And again, I, you know, her biggest, her, the most that she does in most Who? scenes, uh, sorry, uh, Cecilia. Yeah, the girl, little the girl, girl the yeah. little girl is is just flirt and be, you know, and kind of, and again, you just really know, and even sorry, the motivation for him to fly down to go see her because she's crying, it was really weak as to, to well, why I think he, he was so compelled. He flew down to give her the hat. Mm, oh, okay, so sorry. Yeah, I missed that. But then I think then that's when he went back, right? No, maybe not. I guess the hat it. flew off and and hit him, and he grabbed it, and he was like, "Oh, we got to bring this back." And then he goes oh. and talks to her. Well, okay. And then he's like, "Why you're crying? Do your parents hit you?" I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> maybe another thing that doesn't hold up is just kind of bluntly saying that. I don't know. I think it could work in a movie that is more about like the real struggles that children go through to have a, a kid who's been through a lot say something that blunt um but this yeah. isn't this isn't that movie this is a movie about wacky dinosaur hijinks and for some reason an evil carnival i'm just resisting saying dark carnival 50 times anyways <laughs> uh yeah it doesn't it's really it was really off-putting to hear that line <laughs> yeah bringing up cecilia's lack of characterization this probably should have gone into story characters it also has a hold up because she is one of our only lady characters well, and so she's like she's also the kids are the audience surrogates so so going back to that it makes me think of louis character and how they planted some seeds of like oh he has his boat has like a rube goldberg machine to make him food yeah that never that sort of thing never came up again yeah it's like yeah. okay that tells me he's like clever and then with the uh so early on in the film uh rex falls into the water off the boat and he's drowning and uh louis jumps into a crane and he's like think 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 and that only comes up those two times that like sets the seeds for like this kid is a quick thinker and I guess it's there, it's there, and the parade would be the last thing of like, ah, 
this will get us there. And then it's dropped. And there's there's nothing in the, the carnival. It could have been at the end. Spoilers to spoilers. He It's not. He doesn't yeah, it's take not. his way out of it in that sense. Yeah. There's just lots of threads that don't end up anywhere. Yeah. Know? Um. Oh. <laughs> Woog is a fat character whose entire personality is that he likes to eat. So just yeah. n- just another one of those in there. Who voices Woog? Um, Renee Levant. Okay. Don't know who that is. He does a good job. Like, I do enjoy Woog as a character because I guess his other personality trait is just that he's like soft and lovable and like clearly likes like affection from from the kids and stuff like that, which they all do to an extent. They all want to like make the kids happy, but like he's he's cute enough. But like his main personality trait is that he's fat and likes to eat, so that sucks. Yeah, and even <clears throat> when they were going around, I don't on the motorcycle or or in the whole scene. In New York, they have him going through restaurants, or or no, no, I guess he was going grocery through a store. store, grocery store, and going past you know food. Yeah, and got just a lot of sausages. Of yeah, hot dogs. Hot dog. I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah, and then at the end of that whole chase, what happens? The hot dogs fall into a hot dog cart. Oh, and somebody somebody was robbing the store. Oh yeah, <laughs> he runs into the robber. The robber gets yeeted into the police station, and the hot dogs go into the hot dog cart. I, it's funny. I, yeah, well, again, I, it's like, is this, could this be part of the wish-fulfilling thing of, like, again... Let's talk more about what the movie should be in spoilers. Let, how's it hold up? Anything else there? Got the fat character, the the one of the main girl characters is a nothing character. Anything else worth mentioning in terms of how's it hold up? It's it's the 90s. It feels like it's less focused on the time it takes place in than Oliver and Company is. The, I feel like Oliver and Company dates itself a little more than this movie does. Well, if you want to say it this way, the only other female character, which was Julia Child's character, no, is... No, Elsa if, is a female character. What? The pterodactyl is a female oh, character. Oh, yes, sorry. But human character, she's incompetent. Whereas, you know, she's, she's less competent than... And then um, new eyes and screw eyes in that sense. I don't know. <laughs> Let's go on to our spoiler alert. Skip to. One hour, 10 minutes and 37 seconds. So, so after screw eyes loses control of Rex or whatever, then Louie like runs in and he's like, oh, Rex anger and i love you and come back to us and just he got he he has a whole thing and like some of that stuff about like don't be angry and stuff like that is like i feel like that would be like a stronger thing to bring up if like the movie had remotely been about that but that feels like that comes out of nowhere yeah and and speaking to what uh screw eyes character is louis is the one that says it whenever he's talking to Rex trying to bring him down of, I said some stuff, but I was afraid. Like I said, don't be afraid, but I, I did it in that way because I was afraid and I didn't want to be afraid. And so like, that's what I think Screw Eyes is, is he is afraid. So like, I guess it's, if you keep playing into the fear, you become Screw Eyes or whatever. But if you're going to have a bad. main villain that's like whole thing is like, he is fearful, but wants to conquer fear. You really have to have more of the movie be about fear and like the other characters tie into that, but they just don't. Um, Stubbs really goes off though, huh? 
Yeah. When Stubbs the Clown just really yeah. goes off on him. Yeah. yeah. Martin Short did, did a good job. It was good. <laughs> Stubbs, Stubbs is too, like... Two main scenes talking to the kids, and then the part where he tells off Screw Eyes. They're fun. Like, I don't know that Stubbs adds a whole lot to the movie plot wise, but he is fun. So, um, okay. Screw Eyes' death is really memorable to me to the point that it is one of the only main things that I remembered from this movie. And I think part of the reason for that is that it is. Such a, a turn from the emotion of the scene up to that point. It's like, we got stubs going off and everyone's like, oh, we're all together and we're all happy and we're going and hey, you want to come with me? And he's like, no. And like He almost says it like a, like a petulant brat. And then they leave and it gets dark. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, he's like, he's, he's like, oh no, when it gets dark, I, I get scared. And then I worry that the birds, <laughs> and then the birds just... Come down, and they envelop him. He's covered in birds like a scarecrow. And then they fly away, and he's gone. And his screw eye falls to the ground. And a crow comes and grabs it. And, well, and no, the crow blows co- out oh. his soul. Yeah, because he... Oh, we haven't mentioned... He's got, like, magic with his screw eye. I don't know what the deal is with that. Anyways, the, the bird blows that away and picks up the screw and flies off. And that's... It's, like... It's, like, kind of horrific. Yeah! Like, it's yeah. just, like, a, a, like... It's, like, it's, like... A 15 or 20 second... Maybe 30 second scene. That's just, like, a total tonal shift. Like, and it's like terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> it's horrifying. It's the most horrifying thing in the movie. But dang, if it didn't stick out to me as a child, like I've remembered that I've kept that with me forever. I was like, wow, that's messed up when that happened. huh?" And it still is. It's still me- real messed up when that happens. Oh, what a what a choice. Um, how did the events of the movie lead to Cecilia and, and Louis's parents? Like, uh, as Louis makes up with his parents. We don't know anything about okay, that situation. There's so and then, many questions there because let's start with Louis. Let's start with Louis. That's, not, that's what I'm at. Yeah, let's we don't know. In, we saw that he was on a boat in the river, and and he's he wants to go to the circus. So I guess he ran away from home for some reason. So, so there's uh, there's information A, information uh-huh. B. When Cecilia is crying, he asks, "Do your parents yes. see you?" Do I put that together? Right? Because I'm kind of, I'm kind of putting it together. But then at the end, it's like hand waved of like, they made up with their parents. Which how? How did any of the events of this film make Cecilia's parents stop neglecting her? I don't understand or how they're related. Louis' parents stop beating him if that's what's happening. Right? We don't. We literally don't know yeah. what's happening with his and, thing. And I forgot. We're sorry. At the very beginning, one of the when they're in Cecilia's house, they have this picture of her sitting oh alone in a restaurant. Again, we were like, "Why would you have a picture why like that? Why would you hang that up?" But then when they have the montage at the end of that, magically her parents and they've made up with them. Then you have this montage, and then you have this picture now with she and her parents sitting. I just restaurant. don't understand because both of their parents like That's are sense. non-entities in this film. Yes. And like I don't understand how anything that happens in this movie gets gets them to the point 
where stuff's good with their parents. It's just right. like wholly unrelated. This is just the uh, the audience testing of like, are they okay? And the film is like, okay, now we got to write in a. It's like, yeah, for some epilogue. reason, for some reason, they're totally okay. We're not going to bother to remotely explain it, but don't worry, it's perfect. Look for at them. all these pictures. Look, Cecilia's home, which was modern and empty, is now like. Full of loving and warm things. Oh, and if you were worried about the bird, um, he decided he doesn't care about his brothers being jerks when he hugs his mom. So, and that's growth, like, and I that's guess. like a, a, a third moral that nobody asked for. And nobody asked for. <laughs> that's not supported by anything in the film. Nothing. Was he afraid of his siblings? I don't know. This movie's a hot mess. Let's start talking about how this movie could be less of a hot mess, because we clearly want to. Um, oh. First off, the 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 carnival can't be, like, half of the movie. It's gotta... It's gotta either be worked throughout yes. the whole thing, or gone. One of those two things. Yeah. I personally think... It should have just been gone. Yeah. I think as much as Screw Eye's horrific death stuck with me as a child, I don't think he needed to be in the movie. I when the movie worked best for me was the wacky antics while they're trying while they're being chased by the cops and trying to go around New York. And I think the whole movie could have focused on that and them learning lessons in New York and then yeah. and like getting making found family with Cecilia and Louie. And, like, I don't think we needed the scary carnival thing. Like, I just, I don't know. It's just like a sharp turn that the movie before it just doesn't feel like it prepares you for beyond his brother briefly saying, oh, hey, I have a, I have a bad evil Watch brother. Watch this jerk. Watch out for that guy. And, and then, I don't know. Like, I feel like we probably don't need that. Which means you're also going to lose stubs and stuff. But, like, you know, maybe you'll have a more competent film here if you're focusing on the characters you already have. We could bring him into something else. Okay, so yeah. My 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 initial thoughts were to string it through the film. And hey, again, so how would you do that? Find yeah. it, uh, like, pit wishing mm-hmm. against fear. I like it, yeah. Uh, so, like, you grant people's wishes in that pay-it-forward style uh, dominoes to other people getting their wishes. So, like, the girl gets her hat, and then she does something for somebody else. All of that seeded by the bubbles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but... You have maybe Stubbs or somebody else from the carnival sabotaging certain things. Or when people act out of fear, it it takes something away or like that. Here's a question. Do we need the carnival aspect? Can we have Screw Eyes and maybe even Stubbs, who's maybe just a henchman who really wants to be a clown, but that's not what like Screw Eyes wants. Like, can we have them without... The carnival aspect. That's probably fine. Because I feel like the carnival aspect bogs it down a lot. Like, we have to spend time showing what this place is and all that. Like, I feel like we have to spend a lot of time with that. But if we have it set up from the get-go that Screw Eyes is, like, the counter to New Eyes... Uh, did his did he lose eyes at some point and that has new ones? Anyways, I'm not gonna I get know, into I it. Know, good like, question. I know. I'm not gonna get into it. They do Wait, sparkle at one point. Is that their first name? I don't know. Is eyes is it screw and new? Is that right? is that their first name and then eyes yeah. is their last name? We need to not get bugged down. This. I don't know. So if you have him established from the beginning and maybe emphasized a little more than just like an offhand, oh my brother's evil, ignore him. <laughs> if it's a little more of like 
if there's a little more of a sense of like me and him are basically like battling, trying to like, I'm the force of wishes. He's the force of fear. And I'm trying, we're trying to have a balance maybe if you want to go that route, but something that establishes him. And then, yeah, if he's like from the beginning, like uh, my brother, he's trying to get these dinosaurs to go give joy to children. And I got to stop that. And he's like trying to stop them throughout. He's, he's maybe, maybe it's not just the cops that are trying to get these dinosaurs. It's also screw eyes. Like maybe he even has a carnival and we don't go there, but he has like carny crews that are trying to kidnap them. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. And then at the very end, he brings them to the carnival. And so the finale can be there, but like you don't have to spend a bunch of time at the carnival. It's just like where the finale takes place because he brings them there. Well, in that sense, it can almost be like the Jurassic thing. You have a force, a group that is trying to capture the dinosaurs to make money and profit to, to, to exploit them or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and for Screw Eyes, it's his whole fear thing. He's like, oh, dinosaurs can be terrifying, but he's like neutered them and made them tame. And I, I got to make them scary again. And then I'll have truly conquered fear or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can tie all that in. I think the carnival needs to just be the ending, I think. I think he can keep the carnival, but it's just where the finale takes place. And he, and he like tries to like, Dude, he tries to do his stuff. He we don't even have to have them regress. Like we can do this differently because yeah. that just takes up a lot of time, and it's where you're not even having these characters for a period of time. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think you need most <laughs> of the movie to be more shenanigans in New York because that's where the fun is, and you can add Screw Eyes sending his minions for with that, and all four all these characters are coming together. And, like, bonding over these things that they're going through. We're finding out more about their specific circumstance so that we have some idea of what's even going on with Louis. You could even have more funny shenanigans with them, literally, since with the balloon fiasco or them, all of a sudden people realizing they're live dinosaurs, them trying to sneak through New York and get from point A to B because they're humongous. So there, again, could have been funny shenanigans. And you wouldn't have to have... Again, a, a screw eyes, or if you did, you could have just literally someone observe them or have been in the parade and decide, whoa, I want to capture these dinosaurs to make That's a money little late to introduce a villain, though. That is true, I guess. Yeah. I think, I think yeah. you should have screw eyes because I do, I do like Valerie's idea of the, yeah, the themes the of the film being fear. like the hope and wishes versus fear, which doesn't let you get those. And so if you have the shenanigans throughout the film where it's showing, both of those things it's showing like some of the stuff that they're doing is causing joy and granting wishes but then some of the fearful actions others are taking is preventing that like you can show that throughout the film while they're going throughout new york yeah and then maybe you might want to move like the the scene where they're being chased by the cops till a little later like maybe it's like a growing action sort of thing of their 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 hiding and they're keeping low but then they keep messing it up and it eventually gets so big that the cops are involved and at the end of that thing is where they're finally captured by screw eyes people i don't know something like that yeah Oh, we kind of, we partially wrote a better movie already, so. Uh, yeah, no, wait, way to make it better, just remove the beginning and ending part. Yeah. Oh, yeah, obviously don't have the bird stuff in there, we just don't need it. I don't know, if you really want to soften the beginning and not just immediately start with a dinosaur trying to kill another dinosaur, just like show the alien dude in the ship or something, and he's like... He's like observing through the window and then it goes. You know, you can see it, show him buzzing around like 
uh, watering plants or something, and then he goes to the window as they're approaching, and then we zoom in. You yeah, know? like I mean, yeah. that intro with just the dinosaurs would have been cool as heck. Oh, it would have been, but if you're <laughs> if it if you tested it and like you got feedback where they were like, this is too scary, My- then that's how you can neuter it a little bit and still not have a stupid opening ending that doesn't add anything. I think I think a good ending for a, a new film or a good beginning for a new film would be. Unfortunately, exposition, but exposition about fear and wishes. Mm, and you, sure, you Ooh. set the tone, and so then it's scary. Yeah, it seems with like the fun, dinosaurs. whimsical, and ooh, like yeah, yeah. Because I can see like stuff swirling as exactly. the narrator tells you about. The narrator yeah. is Walter Cronkite. Because why not? Yeah, like he's yeah. talking it, but you don't see him yet. Nope. It leads up to them meeting him, just like it does in the movie. But you hear him talking. I like it. Yeah. yeah, you get into the scary part. Can but you, you do that just... over the credits, or does that prevent people from being able to pay attention to the credits? To where you, you can't do it do over it. the credits. Okay. Don't do it over the credits. But you do the credits, and then the music leads into that. Yes, but the credits have to be more interesting. Please, <laughs> yes, <laughs> they can do the glittery stuff. Yeah, they can just as long as they just follow the visual of the film. Yeah, it yeah. would be better than what what we had. Right, but yeah, like you, I like you that, contextualize though. what fear how fear is negative or like how, you know, if you let it rule you, whatever, and then you get into a fearful situation and you would know, or you would at least maybe be more open to being like, okay, but I, I shouldn't be afraid or like, I have to be careful about it. You could even try to have the fearful situation be with the dinosaur. Like you show, yeah. Like you show, you show Rex like chasing something to eat, but then he gets like scared by something and lashes out and he's like, but then stuff's going badly for him because of that. Yeah, like you could work. Yeah, yeah, work it in there. Interesting, interesting. Well, um, that t- that was like ten five ten minutes of us just thinking and already creating something better than what the scriptwriters landed on. <laughs> Not sure why they landed on what they did. But whatever. Yeah. Um, there's some interesting elements, guys, but it just did not did not mm. come together. And no. I'm actually curious about the book. And how that might have influenced it. A Certainly. Like Meet the Robinsons, where you had the whole Meet the Robinson stuff not being, like, being one of the worst parts of the film. I haven't looked into it, but I think that the book stuff is the whole, he's going around and he gives the dinosaur cereal and makes them smart. Like, I think it's a that bit. Maybe some of the New York stuff? I don't know. But right. Screw Eyes isn't in it at all. That's uh-huh. right. They said that there wasn't. Right. Any. There's not a conflict. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anything else with spoilers? All done with spoilers. Let's go on to our favorites and least favorites. What was your least favorite scene in the film? If it's in spoilers, be vague. The beginning and ending part. They yeah. just don't need to be there. Yeah, yeah. the birds did not. Just cut the them out. Don't yeah. need it. Don't need to start with him as a dinosaur. End with them all hugging it out in the museum or even just the montage of the photos. If you want to be like, oh, look, somehow the parents are not being bad anymore. Anyways, what was your favorite scene in the movie? Okay, since you guys clearly need a moment, uh, the whole cops chasing them thing, like all of that. Rex, like, uses a truck as a skateboard. 
Woog and uh, Dweeb are like having madcap adventures as their bike like goes through stores and shenanigans are happening. Elsa's being chased by a helicopter and it's kind of really scary because you're yeah. afraid that they're going to s- slice her. But then she has her smart thing where she hides as a gargoyle, which I liked for yeah. her. Like there's a lot of fun. And then she comes and then she comes together while she she hits the flag and then she uh, slaps into Dweeb's face. So we have them coming back together and then it ends with a, like them literally getting exploded as a ha- as a building is demolished. It's just uh, it's like a cartoon short in the middle of my movie of just like zany madcap adventures, and I'm like, yeah, yes, thank you. That's my favorite. Bar none. He's easy for me. <laughs> uh, second favorite is probably the horrific scene and spoilers. Mm. Just because it oh. stuck with me for so long. <laughs> Yeah, I would say, yes, I would say to me the chase scene, but also what I I liked preceding was the song. Yeah. <laughs> I just really enjoyed the song. It's a fun song. scene. It was fun. Yeah, so there's like a, a few that were like visually interesting. Pretty much none of the characterful moments hit. So like none of those are an option. Uh, so yeah, it's the chase. The uh, choreographed dance in the Thanksgiving Day Parade, or the um, the circus where where the music was going off, and it's like, oh, we're scary, but like, ah, oh, this guy lost his mask, and he yeah. has to go get it again. I guess I'll I guess I'll go with the chase as well. All right, who was your least favorite character in the movie? Cecilia, because she needed to be more of a character. Yeah. She, de- she deserved to be more of a character than she was. Yeah, her her or the doc- the doctor of the museum. Oh, yeah. I was yeah, just, yeah, just going to say the doctor of the museum because I just don't feel like her character was developed. And, and then, again, even though supposedly she was smart or did a lot of stuff, they just had her be... Honestly, for me, she's bumbling. more of just a gag and then, like, a method to them having a happy ending at the end. Exactly. So, uh, she's kind of a nothing to me in a way that isn't egregious in the way that Cecilia, like, actively being nothing and throughout the plot is egregious to me. So mm-hmm. that's why that's why I personally will put Cecilia higher. Yeah, and I think the Doctor, for, for me, because, yeah, she's that gag, but the, at the end... Like, she has this whole speech thing. Again, not delivered very well. But, yeah. Uh, but also, it, it I wish it fit in with the, the theme more. Like, I just wanted a stronger theme. Because yeah. it, like, at the end, and, and they say in the beginning, like, the, the point is for them to be at the museum uh, so that the kids will get to see dinosaurs. But, like, she explains the specifics of it, and it's, Real sketch. Is there something you can do with like, like controlling fear and let that's like why we need to keep the the adults away from directly seeing the dinosaurs because they're, they're they can't they can't control their fear but these children can't, I don't know can it you do anything with that I don't know I don't know yeah because sure parents are gonna all let you take your their kids into behind a, without, a curtain but behind without any any other. Yeah, that would be the other sure. thing. It would be nice for the film to be like everybody accepts that these guys are here, and it feels like they have to because he's golfing in a golf course where people can see him, right? 
Yeah. Uh, if you don't... The opening and ending literally shows him in clothes golfing. In yeah. So, like, right. at some point, they gotta be accepted by people, right? In spoilers, right at the end, they show it's on the top of a building, so... I oh, do they? I yeah. forgot that. I totally blanked on that. Okay. Yeah, I guess so. I guess they're still hidden. Meh. Weird. But, yeah, I, I'm gonna go with the museum person. Yeah, I think I will, too. Who was your favorite character in the movie? I'm gonna say Elsa, for me. Even though she didn't have as big of a part as I would like. At least through the New York and everything, she was her cute, zany self. Yeah. Uh, she's definitely up there for me. Mm-hmm. I like Stubbs a lot. He doesn't have a whole, whole lot to do, but I do enjoy him. Like, at least you feel his emotion. Like, I buy yeah. I buy it when he's like, yes. you shouldn't go see them. <laughs> yes. No, he does good. Yeah, he even does good with, like, some drama a little bit. And the animation on him was good during that. So that's definitely a plus. I do like Louie, but I feel like that character... His whole arc and all of his stuff needs some work. Yeah. Hmm. What about the captain or the professor? I like parts of them. I feel like Screw Eye's whole deal needs to be shown better mm-hmm. than it is. Like, you can you can piece it together, but I feel like it should be... It doesn't need to be, like, slapping you in the face, obvious, but I, I think it needs just a little more to be established well. Um, and I do, I do like Walter Cronkite's voice. <laughs> like I enjoy, and I enjoy the animation on Captain New Eyes, but I don't, I don't know what his deal is. He's like, yeah, I'm going to take some dinosaurs from the past and then bring them to the future for, for the, to the middle future for children to see. They this is just what I'm doing with my life now. I don't know. They're wishing for them. I guess that's a way you can do that. But of Weird. course, it's... I'm not going to bring them directly to the museum and make sure no. they and the general public are <laughs> they safe. They have to go on an adventure <laughs> first. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think I will give it to... <laughs> we thought you were going to go into ratings. <laughs> I know. Like, give it a five point whatever. And the favorite character award goes to... Can I give it to Elsa for the first half and Stubbs for the second half? Sure, why not? And then I'll do that. I do, because yeah, I agree. Because like Elsa and everyone besides Rex stops being a character once they get to the carnival. They're just there. And and John Goodman as Rex, like the voice. Yeah, he does a good job. I wouldn't call him my favorite, but yeah, no, he does. He does a good job. Um, not one of his strongest works, voice acting, but decent. Uh, yeah, I feel like Elsa kind of stops being a character. So at that point, Stubbs is picking up the slack, and Stubbs isn't in the first part of the movie at all. So yeah, Elsa for the first half of the movie, and Stubbs for the second half. I'll I'll do that. As well, because yeah, cheating Stubbs, a little bit. Stubbs' monologue was was pretty. Yeah, it's pretty great. It was silly, and I did. I mean, like if all clowns were like as good at slapstick as that, like I'd probably like clowns more. Like he's he's <laughs> he was funny. He was fun to watch. I'd watch uh-huh. a Stubbs cartoon at least a little bit. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, I'm just gonna stick with Elsa. But yeah, I can see your point, y'all's point about Stubbs. If Tim Curry were in the movie, who? Okay, maybe Professor Screw Eyes. It's the most obvious choice, certainly. True. Alien. Hmm. 
Interesting. That'd be weird. That would be weird. What if he was Captain New Eyes, though? What if we have a what if we have a warmer Tim Curry here? Honestly, if they were like supposed to be twins, that would be kind of fun. If he he voiced both both of them and he and he sounds he sounds all nice and stuff when he's Captain New Eyes, and then he's this evil dark Tim Curry. Mm, That'd be delicious. Go for that. I could go for that. He could do it too. He He could. I enjoyed both of the performers as as is, but like that would be that would be fun. Um, I guess he he could be one of the dinosaurs, but like. He's not gonna. He's not gonna be Rex. That's basically a role written for John Goodman. It feels like. So it'd be like Dweeb or Woog, but he wouldn't get that much to do. And like, wouldn't, and it would be weird. Really no, he'd be weird with those characters. What? So one of Professor he can't be one of the kids. Professor or Captain or both. Maybe Stubbs, but that would also be weird. I yeah. like the idea of both of them. Yeah. Though. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Let's go on to our overall consensus and what we would rate it. All right. So given all we talked about, there were pieces that were enjoyable, certain parts that were interesting, but it didn't amount to much with with those pieces. I don't think I'm going to recommend it, but it looked good. And there were the uh, music, like there were good parts there. But, like, the wrapping of the film really didn't do it service. I think we joked, because it's not a long film, but it was still, like, with those extra parts on the edge, like, we didn't need it. That that makes it too long. You don't need it. So, but then there wasn't enough for, like, actual character stuff. So, uh, yeah, not going to recommend it, but I, I'll give it a 1.75. I think I will give it also 1.75. I was going to go 2, but... The thing is, it looked good. I liked some of the... I, I really liked the sound, the musical score. Good, you know, good song bop. But there just was no story or character developments. Again, you know, there... Yeah. That, that was just too weak. And, I mean, it was kind of fun. Fun. I don't know. I'm just trying to debate now. Do I want to go to... <laughs> I think I'm going to give it a 1.75... I don't think it's egregious as far as like to not recommend it. So like, ooh, don't watch this. But I, you know, definitely don't think it's a must see. I do think kids would enjoy it, but it's just kind of a wild ride. But it does have great animation. I do really like the musical score. Has a really good bop there in the middle. And again, it's it's just, it's not egregious, but it's just really not a coherent film <laughs> to really, to really rate it above a two. Yeah, I will also give it a 1.75. It is just definitely more of a mess than All Dogs. All Dogs Go to Heaven has a very clear, like, character arc for Charlie that makes the film work even when it fails at at certain things, particularly just moving into a third act. But, But this movie... It's third act is just like a different movie than its first act. Yeah. It's it just it's messy. It's too messy. I don't recommend it, but I, I agree with what mom said where it's not like a, oh, stay away. This is just utter filth. It's just like it's not that good. If you remember it as a kid and you want to check it out, like you can do worse. Like, yeah, check it out. It's not that long. It's like an hour and 10 minutes. So it's not a whole lot of your time. You can rent it on Amazon. Just like check it out and be like, oh yeah, I don't need to ever watch this again. Or maybe, (laughs) 
Maybe you don't care about all the flaws that we talked about and you'll love it and you'll just watch it forever. I don't know you and your life. Um, <laughs> but I don't personally recommend it. Check it out if you want to. Um, 1.75 feels right. It's pretty entertaining, which keeps it from being lower, but it's very broken. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. There's, there's good elements in there, but they just do not form a cohesive whole. Thank you all very much for listening. Yes, and I would love for you, I'll tell you what's not broken, and that is <laughs> Witcher 3. I am already nice. totally in love with that game. So please, please join me on um, on Twitch every every uh, Tuesday at 7 p.m., and I will be playing Witcher 3, and I am purposely controlling myself and not playing it other than on stream. So, so this I'm is playing a new for, experience Yes, for her. I'm playing it for the first time. In fact, I just got so carried away playing the game. Danica had to call me live on stream and say, Mom, it's 9.30. So see, that's how mesmerizing it is. But anyway, super fun. So please join me on Twitch every, you know, at 7 p.m. every Tuesday or catch up with me later on either YouTube or on um, on Twitch. Uh, at Nan at Nanacritter. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. At Nanacritter dot, you know, at Nanacritter. So you can find me everywhere as Nanacritter. And that's just one N. N-A-N-A and then Critter. All one word. Next time, we will be watching a Japanese film from a director who we have already watched a movie from. And we loved that movie. So, will we love this one? I don't know. I hope. I'm looking. I, I'm, I'm ready to see one that I just really like. Like just unabashedly <laughs> yes, love. Yes. Maybe this will be the one. We will find out next time. Yes. Please join us. Thank you. Thank y'all. Bye. Bye. Love y'all. Bye. This has been How's It Hold Up with Danica Juarez and Jan James. You can find our podcast on Twitter at How's It Hold Up Pod. That's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe. Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark U equals 2790566. Every little bit helps, and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H dot com. Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. Thanks for listening.